have that flexibility makes you a better worker. Like it makes you a better, you know, better at your job. Like I think the fact that I can step out my door right now and snuggle my little one and then come back makes me a better mom. And it also feels like it makes me a better attorney. Hey everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Entering Motherhood, a podcast dedicated specifically to new moms going through this amazing journey in life. I'm your host, Sarah Bilger, a postpartum nutritional coach slash mechanical engineer. And as always, I'm so excited to be here with you and share all the information I've been lucky enough to obtain since becoming a mom. In this episode, we talk with Lauren Boyd about setting boundaries and building a business all while navigating motherhood. Hey, hey, mamas. So I just want to start off this episode and talk to you a little bit more about Lauren and why this episode is just so amazing. So Lauren is an attorney that started her own firm and she did this because she was looking into, you know, her down the line approach and what she wanted to do knowing that she was going to enter motherhood at some point and she wanted to structure that lifestyle and she wanted to cultivate an environment that would be ideal and aligned with what she wanted in motherhood. So she started this process years before becoming a mom and now she is in a position that she can create that work-life balance how she wants it to be and she is in control of that environment and she also is giving that opportunity to other moms who are searching for something like that so this episode is just real and raw and we dive into what that process looked like for her and just what life in general is like with a little baby and and having that business and structuring it all and building it all for herself and her family. So listen into this full episode and connect with Lauren if you want to know more and really just get advice and tips and be able to see that something like this is possible for you too if that's something that you're looking into. So pop in those headphones, turn up the volume, and let's get this episode started. Hello, and welcome to Entering Motherhood. I am so excited and happy to have you here today. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for our listeners? Well, I am so happy to be here. I feel like as a mom myself, this is such a needed podcast. Such a needed conversation. I am a new mom, first time mom. I feel like when we're out and about, people are like, oh, is this your first? I'm like, what are, what are we giving off here that tells people this is our first? But she, we have a little girl named Sutton. She's six months old. And I feel like we are just, you know, kind of enjoying all the first right now. We're definitely in that season. And it's really been interesting to see how that translates with being business owner. I have a small business law firm. We focus on helping entrepreneurs find confidence in their legal foundation. I launched the firm over four years ago and we have served 
just incredible companies, you know, all over the country. We focus on a lot of Arizona specific law with Arizona businesses. And then we do a lot of trademarking in this space across the country. And it's been so much fun. I have an incredible team that has grown with me that's helped us grow our specialties, better serve our clients. And it's just been an incredible journey. And, you know, to be honest, one that I have been kind of slowly been planning out since I left corporate law. I pictured the ability to have this flexibility when I left corporate law and started my own firm. I knew that, you know, when my husband and I had kids, I wanted my day-to-day life to look a little different. So I started investing in that vision, you know, years ago, and now we're here and, you know, I can have a a 20-hour week and not work Fridays and, you know, kind of set my own hours and And that was kind of the vision. And that's kind of the vision that I've set for, you know, some members on our team as well. It's, it's just been incredible. Yeah, that just sounds absolutely amazing. And, you know, something that I think a lot of people when they enter motherhood, try to create or get out of their career, because they want to be able to do all of those things. And, and stay there with their children and also still continue to work. So what was that like? And how did you know that was something that you wanted to create before you even became a mother? And what was that process really looking like at that time? Yeah, I, you know, it's one of those things that when I started laying this foundation, my husband and I weren't married, we were dating, we weren't living together. And we were at dinner one day and I just, I remember thinking in my corporate law job, I was like, I didn't see me there with a family. Like I couldn't picture it. And I knew that my parents, my family was entrepreneurs. My husband's family are entrepreneurial, you know, as well. I just couldn't picture that dynamic. Like being in corporate law, I was in-house counsel at a Fortune 100 company. And I was talking to him at dinner one night and I said, I think I want to start my own law firm. If it doesn't work out, I know I could go in-house someplace else and, you know, kind of change the experience a little bit, but I really, I really want to try this out. Do you want to move in and help me pay the mortgage? <laughs> because I owned my cute like 1950s home and, and I wanted, you know, that stability of, you know, being able to take the jump a little bit of the safety net. And so he moved in and I started the firm four years ago and it wasn't until we found out we were pregnant that I took the leap to hire my first employee because I'd always had contractors and outsourced different elements. But when we were pregnant, I was like, okay, this is, this is the time. Like now I need to be able to focus on trading somebody so that, you know, I can step away a little bit and our clients can still be served. So I literally started, you know, the interview process when I was you know newly pregnant. One of my employees actually, I didn't, was not my first hire. She was very pregnant as well. And she was due about this time last year. And she said, I just, because I was hiring for a part-time position for a lawyer and 20 hours a week, no work on Fridays. And she was like, this position doesn't exist. Like I want it. This is exactly what I dreamed of. Like this is a job I want, but I'm really pregnant. (laughs) And I was like, okay, like, you know, I need, I was like, to be honest, I need someone to start soon because I'm pregnant and I need to focus on getting someone trained and getting somebody in. But how about this? Why don't you have your son email me, reach back out. We'll keep the conversation going. I know I'm going to hire somebody else. I just don't know when. 
So once you have him, you know, just reach out to me. Two weeks after she had her son, she emailed me and said, I still want the job. I want, I would like to start in August. And I was like, wow, she's like very passionate about this. I need to figure out a way to hire her. So now she, she is an associate at our firm because I wanted someone with a passion for this job. And, and it's so fun because we're in relatively the same stage of life. She's a little bit further along. She has two kids. You know, she's more experienced and it's now turning one. And it's just been incredible to kind of see my vision for the firm and the time freedom that I wanted for myself translate into something that I could create for our team and kind of mix up the industry. I mean, you know, it's just not common in law to not just be, you know, an omnipresence of work. And that's just not what I wanted for myself. And, you know, as a byproduct, that's what I've created for my team. And I just, I couldn't be more obsessed with the ability to kind of create that. Yeah. I mean, that sounds absolutely amazing. So looking back now, do you have any lessons learned or what would you say was the best part of starting this experience? So a friend of mine said, you're only going to regret not doing it sooner. And to be really honest, like that is still what I come back to. I think the timing was right. I was really nervous. I was only a couple years into my legal career. I'm still one of the only, gosh, I still think the only person, I know one person that tried it out and has since, you know, gone back to kind of a more corporate structure. One person from my graduating, I'm the only person from my graduating class that has their own firm. And, you know, it's, it's just been a slow and steady progress. So I didn't start off this way. I didn't start off with these hard of boundaries. Actually, each time I put in a new boundary, it was a really hard decision because you weigh that against, you know, what are people going to think? What are clients going to think? Is how, you know, how is that going to affect my relationship? So I've always, you know, put my relationship with my clients and serving them first and looked to find a way that I could balance that with having boundaries. And I think a lot of it is feeling into the right type of client. So for me, it wasn't necessarily like, oh, I'm just, this is what I'm, this is what I picture. So here it is. I knew that I didn't want clients that, you know, wanted to email me on Sunday. That was something I knew from the beginning. And I was faced with the decision to forego some opportunities with clients and, and, you know, developing startups um, because they'd say, do you, you know, hey, they would be a friend. Would you, are you available on Sundays? And I was like, no, I'm not. And it's funny that, you know, facing that moment where at the time, like I would have loved the additional client, that person actually has been a continued source of referrals. They have never been a client themselves, but they respected the boundary. And I tell this to my team all the time. We, you know, sometimes clients aren't the right fit. I'll be really honest. We're a very referral based firm. So I think that, you know, that gets us closer to our ideal client because the type of people that are referring respect our boundaries. Oftentimes they actually say, you know, I love that you have a no texting rule. How do I do that? Can you help me put that into my contract? So it's sometimes been a permission for our clients by having these boundaries to, you know, put our own in place. But at each, at each transition, you know, when I went from you know, emailing to schedule appointments to having an online, you know, calendar system and sticking to it. I was like, what are people going to think? Oh my gosh, I'm not like available all the time. I'm not flexible. Are they not going to like that? I mean, I haven't had a, I haven't had a problem with it since I did it, you know, three years ago. 
And again, I kind of regret not doing it sooner. So at each of these junctures where I've said, you know, the back and forth doesn't make sense. And I think Calendly says that we can spend up to four hours each week scheduling appointments because, you know, you go back and forth, right? How does Wednesday at two work for you? Oh, no, can't do Wednesday at two. How about Thursday at nine o'clock? No, I can't do that. How about the following Monday? I can do between 12 and two. Oh yeah, I can do, you know, one o'clock. Okay, great. Let me set up, send you a calendar invite. I mean, that's exhausting. But for me, I was so nervous, like as if, you know, that was going to affect the relationship with me. But in fact, I think I just made it easier on all of us. And so I've just continued to find things, you know, that are making my life easier, that balance and to still serve our clients. So for example, we don't work on Fridays. I don't know. I don't even remember what led to that, like clear, you know what, not open Fridays, but it's been probably a year and a half at least maybe two years that we've been doing that. And I had an employee that once she was in and she was working the four days a week, she was like, I, I don't want to work Mondays. And unfortunately, she's not with us anymore because I had to make the tough call that, you know, by the time we haven't been in on, on Friday and then we aren't in over the weekend, on Monday morning, our, our clients really do need an email back from us. And, you know, that was just something I, I, that did not resonate with her, that she, she really felt like that, you know, she kind of disagreed. And unfortunately, I have to make decisions that are best for the firm. And for me, I, you know, I'm okay with us not working Fridays. Friday is a slower workday than most, but Monday morning, people want responses. And that was important to me. And so you have to decide, like, you have to make tough decisions based on how to serve your clients best and how to, you know, best align with your boundaries. And for me also, I knew that I wanted the ability to be away sometimes on Mondays or, you know, I I needed the flexibility to have that support in the office. And if she wasn't there, then it was going to fall on me on those Monday kind of emergencies. And so you have to make tough calls. Like it is not fun to let someone go. It is also, you know, not fun to say no to a client, but those each of those moments have kind of led to today. And once you have that firmly in place and you practice it enough, it's, it becomes a lot easier to do. Yeah. I have a question about boundaries. Have you always been good at having boundaries or is this something that you really picked up on? And where did that really come from? Where did you get the confidence to really set those boundaries and now help others do the same? Gosh, you know, I think I've always been decisive. You can ask my husband. I think I'm pretty decisive. And so I think for me, it's been more of an intuitive decision. So, you know, we've all done that in business, right? Where we, something doesn't quite feel right. And we, you know, we can, we can sense it doesn't feel right. I've always looked in my business on when I run into feelings like that, how I can prevent it from happening again. Some things I'm like disclaimer, some things are just the nature of work and they, you know, it's just part, part of working. And there's certain things that we have to come to accept or find ways to just make a little bit more efficient or, or tweak. Not everything can be a boundary. Some things we kind of have to find, maybe it's a system to help us, you know, fight the inevitable. But for me, it's just been a little bit more intuitive. I want to build a business that I want to be in in five and 10 years. And I'm just naturally very forward looking and, you know, maybe to that my detriment sometimes, but I'm always kind of looking ahead. Like I have a plan 
on where our business will be, like where the firm will be in 18 months, like what I already want to be different about it, though that that's not happening right now. I know kind of where we're evolving to, and that helps me shape the decisions that we make today. And so for me, I've always had just slightly forecasted out where I want to take us so that I can naturally start that transition. Because I think for me, it's hard to do hard and fast, all of a sudden changes. Everything's been really intentional and kind of progressional because it's kind of met me where I was at. So the biggest tip I can tell people is like, don't be afraid to evolve. I think sometimes we start something, A, we don't start something because we think we have to have it all figured out and perfect before we start. Maybe this happens for some people. I don't know. You can share your experience if it's different. But for me, my business does not look like what it, what it started out. The core concepts and intentions absolutely are there. But the buzzwords, the marketing, the website, our hours, our boundaries, our clients, so much of it has changed and evolved. And to be really honest, a lot of our really core clients have evolved with us. Their business has grown and so have we. And we've been able to kind of rise together, which has been really lovely. But I think we just, as business owners, sometimes we tell ourselves, oh, we can't do it until we're all figured out. Or on the flip side, we tell ourselves, well, this is how it is, as if that's how it has to, to remain. And I, I think we just have to give ourselves permission to, to start somewhere with, you know, kind of at least the, you know, minimum viable product and start evolving into kind of that next stage. And I don't think everyone has to forecast out like I do, like 18 months in advance, but, you know, where do you want to be in three months? What, you know, what do you want to look like? What do you want the next quarter to look like? You know, and, and just start the slow steps that direction because you'll kind of intuitively feel into those things and it's okay to raise your prices. It's okay to change your, you know, product offerings. We've, you know, definitely expanded our service offerings over time. We used to have a membership. It worked excellent when I was a solo and when I wanted that that kind of stable income. But then I actually found that at certain at some point for me and as a service provider having this membership Though it was capped with hours and I was very intentional on how that looked, there was a different kind of relationship with our clients. They felt as though I owed them time because they were members and I didn't like that, that feeling. And so once I got to the point where I could count on enough revenue just coming in naturally, because I'm not like a, you know, marketing firm or agency where I put people on retainer. Legal's a little different, right? It's kind of more when they need us, when, you know, when they're building something, when something happens. And when I got to the point where I said, you know what, I don't need that reoccurring revenue and what comes with that, that kind of, you know, that, that sense of duty, you know, this like, oh, well, I owe them my time. I was able to just kind of get rid of it. And I, at the same time, I got rid of the membership and rose my hourly rates. And I have to say my best clients are still with me. And so I think we have to give ourselves permission to just feel them out. Because sometimes like, they don't align with your perfectly visioned 18 months out, right? You, maybe it happens sooner or slower, but it's nice to just have, you know, have a kind of a path on where you want to go and be willing to let it evolve and change. Yeah, and I'm hearing you talk about business, but it's crazy how much I hear the relationship between motherhood 
and business and how much exactly, you know, like you're saying, all these lessons and everything that's going on go into how we parent and how we imagine things to look and how you were talking about that 18 months down the line. And when they're so little, you're thinking only in the capacity of one month, three months. I liked how you were saying you're enjoying how all of these first are happening and you're always going to be changing and evolving in motherhood. And it's just so crazy, you know, to think that I know that you're talking about business, but I hear so much relating to motherhood. So how much of your business have you really been able to see that convert into motherhood? Yeah. I mean, there are so many parallels between being a business owner and being a mother. And, you know, for me, I just think it's, you know, like we gotta give ourselves some grace. Like I'm naturally, and probably this is coming through to people. I'm like, naturally, like, I love like a good routine. I like, you know, I like to know what's going to be happening. And I feel like being a mother has made me a better business owner and vice versa, because it's taught me that it's okay to have the flexibility. Like this morning, you know, I would have loved if she had woken up a little later so mama could have gotten in her workout, you know, but that didn't happen. That's not the stage we've been in for the last week or two, but she did, you know, like take a nap on me and it was so cute. And like, I just want to soak those moments in. And so I think sometimes we're given these, you know, opportunities to pause and reminders to just kind of be present. And that's, you know, that's something that I've been enjoying. And I think that that's something that, you know, we have to remind ourselves that it's like you said, it's not 18 months. Like I'm not forecasting for her 18 months out. I'm forecasting how can we tweak her nap time, you know, 15 minutes today, right? I mean, there's small, smaller increments, smaller transitions, but for me, it's, you know, it, it, I don't know, all of it boils down to wanting to be present. And, you know, that's impacting how I want to be a business owner too, because if, you know, I'm now understanding, you know, the flexibility that she needs and what schedule she's on and knowing that that's going to look different and the demands are going to be different now versus next year. I've, I've wanted my business to be as flexible as I need to be as a mother. And, you know, we do have stable childcare now because I realized I'm telling you, my kid does not nap. She is not a napper, great sleeper at night, but that's just, that's her. And I've, you know, I've done all the things and, you know, I've done all for the naps and, you know, but there's certain things that are just different for each kid, just like anything else. And for me, it's just been okay, letting it be okay to kind of throw the schedule out the window and just pause. Like this morning, she seemed like she absolutely wanted a nap. And I went in there and I laid her down and she was fine. And I left the room. And five minutes later, she's like, <laughs> no, I'm good. I don't need a nap. Yeah. Yeah. So we went on a walk right before I recorded this podcast because you know what? I wanted to get outside. It's still nice out. She obviously wasn't ready for a nap. So like, you know what? We changed our routine a little bit. And I feel like that's just like such a lesson. I think we're so hard on ourselves. I know some um, of my friends who are, you know, kind of, they've, they've kind of hung up their careers for a time being to really be present. And, you know, they, they've said, maybe I'll go back. Maybe I won't. I'm not sure. And, you know, I think sometimes as moms, you know, especially when we're kind of the default parent, I'm the default parent, 
I think it's really easy for us to be super hard on ourselves. And like we take our, you know, our, our motherhood like a job. And we, you know, feel like if they don't nap right when they're supposed to nap, then we, you know, it's going to be this terrible domino effect. And we put all this stress on ourselves over like the 15 minutes that they did or didn't get to bed. And I just, I've kind of adopted the like each hour, each day is unique and that's okay. You know, we have a resemblance of a routine, but it, it varies every day. And I've just given my permission to like not feel bad about it. You know, not to feel bad if something is going to be during her nap and seeing like how that works out. And we've learned some lessons, you know, on what, how, when that does work and when it doesn't work and just, you know, kind of feel it out. We're new. She's new. Every week is different. And I think that's, that's where we struggle as moms. I think really we're so hard on ourselves and I've just tried to allow myself to be a little bit more in the moment and not feel so bad that I'm not doing it textbook. Yeah, and I think that is something that so many moms do have a problem with. And like you said before, that perfectionism and having to, you know, with everything going on and all the news around us and all the books that we read and you hear, you know, oh, if you have this specific problem, you need to do this, this, and this. And we can try those things and we can see if it helps, but if it doesn't, you know, you have that permission to skip a nap or put them to bed a little bit later. And I think it's a matter of finding what works for you and your family and taking the advice or the wisdom from other moms or other birth workers, experts, things like that, but to be able to utilize everything together to formulate a plan that works best for you and finding people that understand that and are able to help you in that is so important. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. But I, I love when we first started recording, you were like, so my four-month-old is like over here on the ground. He's supposed <laughs> to be napping, but he's he's not. So we're just going to like roll with it. And I feel like that's like, like we're human. Like they're, they're human. Like we forget sometimes they're not like, we can't always get them on the perfect routine. And it's like, hey, look, he's been perfect. He's like been this like little rock star, just like quietly there, you know, almost see, he fell asleep. And I mean, it's like, if you had stressed about it, guarantee you, he'd be like crying right now. But you were like, no, he'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. And on that point, too, I could be like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't have somebody to watch him and this isn't going to work and I can't record with you. And I think that's another point, you know, to going back to saying we can do it messy and it might not look exactly like we envisioned, but you can still try it and push yourself and maybe you want to be able to walk an hour a day or something and that's what I need to do in order to feel better and you get outside and you know you were only outside for five minutes and something happened and you need to go back in and so you didn't hit that hour but you still start it you still did it you need to focus on the process of starting that and highlighting those moments and honoring yourself for just starting things and saying, I did yeah. it. I think any progress towards any of our goals 
is, is great, right? Like if we get them to fall asleep 15, if we get them to nap 15 minutes longer, if we get them to fall asleep 15 minutes sooner than in a, towards a schedule that works better for us, then that's okay. And I think, you know, it sounds bad, but like I think there's a part of me that, you know, it's really natural for us to like want to do what's best for them. But sometimes what's best for them is actually what's best for us, that makes us happier, that makes us more calm, that makes us feel you know, a little more human. And I think it all, like all of that together is like really what's best for our family and it's unique for everybody. And, you know, I just, I, I love the idea that, you know, we can still, that, you know, I don't want to be like what I was like before a kid. I really don't. Like we have so much enjoyment, like watching her, like just like the silly things, like that's so much more fun for us. And like some of the things of our prior life, but like it has to be a balance. Like I want time with my husband. How do we build that in? I want time for my business. Like I really like having some like adult time, like, you know, just, but I want to do it with people that also give me the grace. Like I've been on a call with a client pumping. They're like, what's that noise? I'm like, oh, I'm pumping. And I have a lot of female clients. So they're like, oh, I remember those days or, oh yeah, they, maybe they don't have kids yet. They're like, they love that they're going to be able to do that too. And we've created this space where we can give ourselves grace. Like I've, you know, I, I think if you're, if we'd started recording and all of a sudden your son started crying and you were like, you know what, can we push this to next week? I'd be like, sure. Like, that's great. Because that's the community and the people you want to call in. It's not the people that would be like, oh my God, I can't believe her son would have the nerve to <laughs> cry during our scheduled call. I mean, Come on. I think if anything that came out of COVID was that I think we all realized each other were a little bit more human. And I just want to lean into that. Like that's that's what I want to participate in. If I were to lose a client because I had to pump during a call, I mean, there's calls that I understand like it would not be appropriate. I've had a few, you know, the nature of my work, there's certain things, but like I just, I, that's not the type of environment I want to put myself in. And I think we, we have to give ourselves permission to kind of go where, what feels with what feels good in all things and be a little more unapologetic. Like you didn't hop on this call and go, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. My son's right here. You were just like, my son's right here. And I was like, Oh, that's great. I wish my kid would do that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I think you know, these are the kinds of uh, conversations that we need to be having. And these are the kinds of interactions that we need to be showcasing in the workforce. And like you were saying, you know, some of your friends were saying, I need to put my work on hold, or maybe I'll come back to it and making that decision. And I think it's important to point out, you know, I work full time as a mechanical engineer. And, you know, they are super flexible with our family dynamic right now. And they are basically like, look, give us eight hours. And I'm super, super appreciative of that. And the fact that they can say that and demonstrate that and that kind of environment can exist is really amazing. And I've been in a meeting or just connecting with somebody and he's been crying or just something has been going on. And I can say like, hey... I need to go for a minute and I'll call you right back. And that is just so awesome to have. And with my first, I 
really had to kind of set those boundaries because I would need to pump at certain times and I would, you know, have somebody come up to me right before I was about to pump and they'd be like, hey, I need to talk to you for a second. Um, I'd have to say, hey, no, like I need to go pump and also like staying late or something like that. It was difficult to work around and and set up that environment. So I think it's important to really showcase those examples and situations and show that it is possible. And we need to be able to see like you can work with a family. And I think, you know, you were able to create that. You were able to create a whole firm and a work environment that really structured around family and fit for individuals and that was something that you wanted and were able to accomplish and I think you know with COVID this has been something that has allowed it to be a little bit more acceptable we've seen it but I think overall the structure really needs to be cultivated and talked about and showcased yeah And we would not have ever pictured this, you know, two and a half years ago. Like this isn't the world we would have pictured, but like, it just shows like things change, industries change, our lives, like our daily lives can change and the way we work, you know, can continue to improve. And I know some friends, oh my gosh, she's so smart. She does like, she's like in heart surgery. Like she like helps do transplants. Like she's really cool. And her like, you know, uh, gosh, what would the, what do they call it? like department? Like, has really never you know had had moms. Like, they've never before her and one other coworker. They never really like knew how to like accommodate this. Like, they were never faced with it. And so, like together, they both they said like, this is what we need. Like, it's not sustainable for us to do X Y Z, but here's what we can do. And they were able to kind of change the way the schedule worked in order to better accommodate what they were going to have to deal with, with pumping and, you know, how it was going to, how to make it work for them so that they could have these careers that they loved and are so good at, but also, you know, be home for bedtime sometimes. And when they weren't, what was the trade-off of when, you know, they were on call and they missed bedtime? You know, what is it going to look like? Do they have, like, do they have the day off after, after call? How did that work? because they wanted to be with their kids. And I think we're just so tough on ourselves. Like it has to look different. You have to work the way everybody else works. But I also think arguably like what you were saying is, you know, sometimes you have to pull away from work and you need some flexibility and you may unplug for a few minutes. But I guarantee you the fact that you have that flexibility makes you a better worker. Like it makes you a better, you know, better at your job. Like I think the fact that I can step out my door right now and snuggle my little one and then come back makes me a better mom. And it also feels like it makes me a better attorney. And I think that that's okay. Like it's, it's nice for us to say that. Like, I, I don't know. I think we need to define our own version of success and for everybody it's different. And I think feeling into that and letting it evolve, like, gosh, I'm so silly. Like I made a newborn. And I was like, hey, this is the schedule that I want. And I was like, oh Yeah. That's not how it's going to work. And I was never hard on myself. I've always been pretty like forgiving, but I would like set out like, okay, this week, this is what we're going to do. And that would be the week that her like, like, you know, she'd been consistent for a little bit. 
And like that would be the week it would change. And you know, okay, never mind. Let's uh, you know, go back to the drawing board. You know, what do I need for my husband? How are we gonna do this to make it work? And it's just I don't know, just a constant process of, you know, of evolution. But I also think if we set some general boundaries and kind of picture what we would like it to maybe not look like, but feel like, I think we can find like a happy medium. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So what would you say to maybe a mom who is maybe working in a corporate job or some sort of structured position and she's thinking about starting a business or maybe she's pregnant and she's kind of just like, this position is never going to work out with having a family. How am I going to juggle both? And really just all those overwhelming feelings of having to balance work and family. What are a couple things that you have learned to be able to help balance both of those? I think it's being, first off, really honest with yourself, like not sugarcoating it, like not, you know, doing the thing you're supposed to do. Maybe it's hanging up your career because you feel like you're supposed to, continuing to work full time because you feel like you're supposed to, right? There's all of those things that like we put on ourselves and society puts on us. But what feels like, what are you feeling about right now? Like just be 100% honest with yourself and then share that with the people around you, whether that's your significant other, your family, your support system, because everyone's support system looks unique different. I mean, ours is seasonal, like depending on where our parents are, you know, it's, it's always going to be a little bit changing. Um, even my husband's schedule might be changing again this summer and, and knowing that that's okay, but being able to say like, this is what's going to make me the happiest. And I told my husband, I was like, you know, he was like, well, we could find more childcare so you could work more, you know, more hours. And I said, if, if we have childcare, what, like, more than I can be with our kid, I'm not going to be happy in this season. Like I'm just, that's just doesn't feel right to me. I want to be the person that spends the most time with her. And he was like, okay, I understand. Cause like, and, and, you know, would the better answer have probably been like, I could work a few more hours and, you know, we could find some support. Sure. Like, you know, absolutely. But I said, that's just, that's not what feels right to me in this moment. And you know, maybe that'll change over time. But right now I was like, that's what I want. And we looked at, you know, childcare, you know, daycare versus nanny. And we luckily didn't have to really, we didn't really pull a trigger to decide anything until she was six months. But I was like, you know, for me, the reason I work from home is so that I can be home with her. And, you know, I, I don't really want to drop her off someplace. Not that that is that is not a wrong decision. I have nothing against, you know, childcare centers. Like we have friends that were like, that's what feels right to us. That's wonderful because that gives them a different sense of peace of mind. My friend who does this, you know, does heart surgery. She was like, I don't, I can't deal with the, a nanny that's sick. I can't, you know, like life that comes up, them taking vacation. Like that's not something that we personally can deal with. Like the worry that that could happen is a big stressor for me. I need the reliance and the stability of childcare. That gives her peace of mind and makes her feel good. What gives us peace of mind and feels good is different and that's okay. But the, what the nice thing is, is that we both have peace of mind and we've allowed it to look, the result of it to look different. And so I think you just have to say like, be unapologetic about what 
feels good to you and then enroll the right support system. For some people, it's family. You know, for me, we did have, my mom watched her once a week and it was wonderful. And my parents kind of snowbird, so they're not here right now. And at that point, we lost his parents who also kind of snowbird. They also left. I'm like, okay, so now we need to find like this next stage, like what, like what kind of childcare. And so know that there's going to be different seasons of both and give yourself permission to kind of feel through those. I think we've been told like, oh my God, the moment you're pregnant, you better be on a wait list for their preschool. And if you're not, then you're doing something wrong. I'm not saying that that's probably not true in some areas, but you know, we don't have to have everything all figured out the moment we find out we're pregnant. You're not going to even, I don't even know what next three months, I don't know what she's going to be doing in three months. Like in three months, she's going to be looking different. Maybe my hours are slightly different and you know, that's okay. And I, I just think we have to go with what in general feels good and have support, whatever that support looks like, whether it's child, you know, it's, it's a, you know, childcare facility, it's family, it's a mix of family and friends, it's your spouse. I mean, there's so many different versions of it. We, my husband may um, not work on Mondays coming up again. And at the beginning, he didn't either. And we have friends that they still had childcare when their husbands didn't work because they wanted something just stable all five days of the week or four days of the week. But for me, I was like, no, he's home. Like he should be with her. And that's how he felt too. Like he wanted to spend that time with her. And so that was different for us than some of our friends that, you know, they still had consistent childcare, you know, so that he could get things done. I'm like, I don't care if he gets things done. I want him to spend time with her and that's what he wanted. And so we figured it out. So I don't know. I feel like the long and the short is like, just be totally honest with what feels good to you. And then enroll, like, don't be afraid to say it and enroll your support system in around that and find, find childcare or don't, whatever combination of that feels good to you. And just give yourself permission to like reevaluate. Like every, I don't know, quarters work well for me. You know, it gives you good four times to evolve. Like what feels good for this quarter and give yourself permission to say it might look different next quarter. And that's okay. Yeah, I think that's such useful and practical advice. And I think it's something that a lot of people can relate to and really start putting into practice. You know, like they can actually be like, okay, I can actually do this. And I think really just asking ourselves that question of how do I want to feel? And I think people that aren't used to being able to do this or don't have that practice of doing it, once you start to get into that rhythm and once you start to get asking yourself those questions, then it really starts to be something that you can say, hey, let's adjust this and make it be more aligned to something that I want. And, you know, like we were saying, you know, taking that time to really being able to restructure what you need to do in order to create that and have that. I think that's something that a lot of people can implement and start to do. Yeah. It's just like what I was saying about our businesses. It's like, we're not going to have it all figured out. Do you want it's just never going to happen. And giving ourselves the permission to let it evolve and giving ourselves the grace to say what worked and what didn't and not beat ourselves up over, gosh, I feel like Will and I've done the like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll make it easy. We'll go to his parents' house for dinner when they were here. 
like it was like right during bedtime, but we were trying to be like the flexible parents, you know, that like didn't say, oh, sorry, her bedtime's at, you know, 7.30 right now. And we just, you know, we don't think it's a good idea. So we went, it was a terrible idea. It didn't work. She was like crying the whole time. It was not fun for anybody. And we were like, you know, why didn't we just ask them to like bring dinner over here? And like, we could have put her down and then I could have still enjoyed the meal and it wouldn't have been us passing her off and her upset. And like, you know, what, like in that stage, why didn't we do that? Cause we knew that that's really what we needed was the ability to just put her down. Now I feel like there's some times where we know we can push it. We know her better. Like also know that you're going to get to know your kid better over time. Like they're a little human, like they have, a, they have personalities. Like we have learned what we can push with our kid and what we can't. And you'll start to know that over time, it'll change a little bit over time too. But now I could feel comfortable saying if we wanted to go to dinner and we were out until 8.30 or 9 o'clock at night with her, she'd be fine. She evolved and we've also evolved to like understand her better. And I think that that's okay is like realize like we love like a good like what worked and what didn't work. I'm going to, I promise I'm going to find a better word for this. <laughs> this is how it was explained to me. It's a postmortem. So basically it's like, what went well? What didn't go well? What could we improve for next time? And that's something that we use in our business. And that's something that I feel like my husband and I use in like life. Like what didn't work well about this? Like what did we like about, you know, this and what, what, what didn't we like? And being able to kind of evaluate and say, you know, if we tweak next time, like maybe we should put her down 15 minutes earlier. Or you know what? We, we should have just gotten left for where we were going to go a few minutes earlier because then she could have napped in the car. Or, you know, whatever it is, like it's, it's okay to like get it wrong and then go, at least we tried. Here's what we'll do better next time and see if that works better. Like let's, let's try this else, this something else out. So I feel like I do that in life and in business. And I think all of it comes down to being honest with yourself. What felt, what felt good, not what like looked good for Instagram, what felt good. And then being able to communicate that with your support system. Yeah, we call that lessons learned at work. So it's kind of like after you wrap up a project, you kind of say, what did we do? How could we adjust this? What did we learn specifically within this project that we can utilize again? So it's kind of like just those notes, you know, mental notes, physical notes that are written out to say, this is what we learned here and let's use it to be able to help make the next time that much better and really see that evolution and have it evolve. I love how you're saying that too, because it's like, sometimes we get so busy in the day to day and then like the, the same things that we're doing all the time that like, we don't pause and review like, wait, they went really well. We sometimes will skip over the fact that today went really well. Okay. Like what did we do today that like went, that made it go really well? Like, I feel like sometimes we're so hard on ourselves when it goes wrong because those are, those are the moments in the days and the hours that stand out, right? When your kid's screaming and they don't nap and, you know, the person, you know, the client calls you at the exact time that they're deciding to skip their nap, like, right? Where, like, it seems like it's caving in. But what about the days that it went really well? And we don't often reflect on, like, hey, what, like, nothing, nothing caved in. What went right? How can we do that again? And I feel like... I love that. Like, I love that application. And I feel like it comes down to like, again, like notes, like sometimes even just 
communication can be with yourself and like checking in with like what feels good and what doesn't feel good. But then also, like I said, again, like everybody around you, like your support system, and it doesn't have to be just your significant other or childcare. I love how you've said that you have like a really nice dialogue at work. Like find somebody that you can rely on at work. And maybe it's not always your manager, but you can communicate like what you need with and help shape that and say, hey, you know, yesterday I wasn't able to pump between those meetings. It was really uncomfortable. I'd actually need to build in more time for that. Whatever it might be, right? And, and finding that communication, that person for you in work, whatever that looks like, because it's not always going to be, at, it can't be just at home. It has to be in your business or in your life or your career too. Yeah. I love how you just said that, you know, it can't just be at home. If we want our life to be more in line with how we want to feel, it has to be in all aspects. And we have to find a way that it can be incorporated into all those things. And a lot of the times we forget that. Yeah, I feel like it's it's like integration, right? Like we always say balance, but I, I arguably think that there's work-life integration is like this blessing that we've been given. And you know what? Someone might be saying, you know what? I don't work in a place that I feel like I could pump. And it's not, I'll be honest, I'm not always like a trailblazer. Like there's certain aspects of me that's just like, sometimes the resistance is just too much. And that's okay too, like to just call it and say, you know what, I can't find that, that integration here. It's okay to let yourself find a place that's going to feel better to you. I think sometimes we're watching Super Pumped um, on Prime right now. It's about Uber and like the rise and creation of Uber and the founder. And I really like it because it's obviously this entrepreneurial piece and, and everything. They had a really hostile work environment. That's, you know, one of the things that they were known for that is the reason that, you know, they think their founder stepped down. We're still like letting the, the story un, untangle. And I don't really know the like real behind the scenes, what really worked. I'm just watching this, this series. Um, but, you know, there was kind of a scene in the episode we watched last night that's, that she was like, you know, we got to fight it out and we got to do the good fight. And we've got to like, you know, you know, we need to show, prove ourselves more and, and, I'm not someone that wants that much resistance. Like, I don't feel like I, I don't think it's bad to not have something to prove all the time. I don't think it's honorable to struggle. I think as women, we already deal with enough struggle and enough hardship. And sometimes it's okay to say, this, this is not where I need to like plant my flag. Like, I don't, this is not where, you know, the, the hill I have to die on you know, you don't have to change your industry. You don't have to change the way that, you know, the company you work at, you know, handles pumping. I mean, sometimes it's okay just to say, you know what, this isn't actually, this is actually not where I'm I'm meant to be. I think I need to find a place that has these things on my checklist. That's going to feel better for me. Like I don't want as women, like we always feel like we have something to prove. I don't think we always have to have so much resistance in our life. Yeah, I think that's great. And I think 
obviously we can talk about this all day and really just go into so many different things. And this has been such an awesome conversation and learning how you have shaped your business and where you have come with that and how you have been able to set those boundaries and build your family into all of that. And so much of what you're doing with your employees and seeing them where they're at and really letting that just evolve to be what it is. Where can we find you? How can we get in contact with you if we want to hear more about what you're doing? How about you give us all of that information? Yeah, absolutely. I think the best place is on Instagram at the Lauren Boyd. Um, you can go check it out. There's really cute baby pictures. You know, it, that's probably the best highlight. I, I used to feel like it had to be this like business profile and more now it's just, it's like all things because, you know, it's, a, it's really more of a personal page and it's really like, it's work and life and my kid and all of it. And, um, that's a really good place. We're going to be coming out with, we're kind of doing a, a rebrand, kind of a new evolution of our podcast. You and I talked about that, like for me, we have over 100 episodes, so many legal topics on there. So if you ever have any questions, browse our library. We have so many great topics and lessons. And a lot of those are on our blogs on our website, which you can also find through my Instagram handle. But, you know, I gave myself, you know, the right to evolve the podcast because right now I, I don't have the ability to record enough podcasts to drop twice a week like I used to. And I want it to look different. It didn't feel good anymore. So I changed it. And, um, you know, so you can check out the podcast. We'll be doing a rebrand. It's like in the works right now, which is super fun. So stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, Instagram, we have a business Instagram that you can find also through my personal one that drips out um, legal content for small business owners twice a week. Um, that's at Guide My Business. And so, you know, we're just, you know, kind of doing the thing over here, taking it day by day. And, um, you know, we have some really fun things in the pipeline and just more, more resources for entrepreneurs that kind of share this journey. Maybe someone who's like, you know what, I think I am ready to leave corporate. Maybe, maybe the, um, it, I'm only going to regret not doing it sooner thing applies to something that a listener is, is feeling in their life. Yeah. I mean, just thank you again so much for coming and speaking with us and talking about your business and motherhood. Well, this wraps up another episode of the Entering Motherhood podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review us wherever you are listening because that helps the show grow and expand so that other mamas can learn information on how to heal and navigate in motherhood. Thank you so much for listening. It means so much to me. And be sure to subscribe so that you can listen to the latest episodes of the Entering Motherhood podcast. See you later, mamas.